Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line. And now, here are your hosts, award-winning influencer and pioneering author of seven books, Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. What it shows is that customer satisfaction is at the worst point it has been for 15 years. AI, data, and behavioral science are absolutely a must for the next 10 years in understanding how the customer behaves digitally. Okay, and again, if you look at things like what Google, Amazon, Facebook, et al. are doing, it's all that stuff, basically. People have always wanted positive experiences, but what are businesses going to do about that? At one point, it was under kind of an umbrella called customer experience. And if I understand you, you're arguing, I think that that approach is probably fading away. And we're going to need to solve that set of problems in a different way. Hi, everyone. I hope you've had a, a great Christmas and uh, looking forward to a wonderful new year. Uh, Merry Christmas to you, Ryan. I hope you had a great time. Thank you, Colin. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a great Christmas season. It's been a great year. Good, good. So as usual, at this sort of juncture of the, of the year, Ryan and I are going to take a time to reflect back and go, well, what's a key business thing that we've learned this year and what's a key personal thing that we've learned this year? And, and ironically, as I was thinking back on things, what I realized, Ryan, is, you know what? It is 20 years ago to the day that we started Beyond Philosophy. No kidding. Yeah, 20 years ago, believe it or not. Incredible how time flies. So, so you were seven then when you started Beyond Philosophy. <laughs> More like 77. <laughs> but no, yeah. That's an amazing accomplishment. That's, that's yeah. great. And, and we actually launched, I launched my first book, Building Great Custom Experiences, 20 years ago. Uh, and it was literally one of the first books on customer experience. And I remember giving up my highly paid job at BT, British Telecom, and thinking to myself, bugger, have I really made this choice? <laughs> Am I going to find my book in this discount bookshop for 25 cents, you know? But um, no, there you go. Ended up being a, a good decision. Uh, so, and, and the rest is history, as they say. Well, congratulations. I mean, it's, it's got to be, I mean, it's got to be fulfilling to look back and see what you've accomplished. Been recognized by the Financial Times, your consulting firm has for um, several years in a row at this point and um, yep. seen a lot of success along the way. So congratulations, Colin. That's really great. Thank you. No, thank you for that. It's um, it's good. It's always good to look back and look at history, and and it's those sliding door moments to be told. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if I hadn't read Joe Pine's Experience Economy book, I wouldn't be doing this now. Mm. Uh, and that's the interesting thing. And you just think of the act of you know that one act of going. That sounds an interesting book. I'll read that. Uh, and then you think, blimey, look at the effect that's had. So. Anyway. And, and I mean, if you hadn't been wasting 20 years, like, you know, doing whatever you were doing to lead up to this podcast, you know. Absolutely. Think, you know, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The, this being the pinnacle. of your The pinnacle. It is the pinnacle. I've had some pinnacles in my life, but this is the, the, the best one ever. 
I hope my wife's not listening to this. No, because no, no, she no, will. Good, yeah. <laughs> that, that would not be good for your marriage. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. So, key business uh, learning for the year, key personal learning for the year. Ryan, do you want to go first? Key business sure. learning for sure. the year? Yeah, um, I agree with you, Colin. This is like this is an interesting exercise. We've done this for the last couple of years, and um, and it's been it's been fun to kind of look back on the year and and try to come up with something that I've learned or or some insight that I've had or something I found important. The business related insight that I had has to do with the constancy of change. So we are recording this at a point in time when hopefully we're we're kind of headed out of the pandemic, which has been around for a couple of years at this point. And instead of breathing a great big sigh of relief, it seems like there are now a whole bunch of new problems that are coming up. So there's all these supply chain issues. There's been a lot of people talking about the, the shift in power from management to employees is now uh, firms are desperately trying to hire people and that's just they're, they're not being able to, to find uh, people who will will stick around um, and that that's a, a kind of a sea change moment in, in labor relations. So there are all these problems that seem inflation is on the rise now. All these problems that seem to have been caused, at least in part by the pandemic and our recovery from it. There's never a break. Like it never just settles down and everything's sure. the same. Sure. There's always going to be something. So we, we were so looking forward to COVID being done. But as it's finishing, I hope, new things are coming up. So there's just always going to be something different. So how do we deal with that? How do we prepare for it? And the advice that I give my students when we talk about this is there are certain things in life that are constants, and then there are certain things in life that change. So even though we exist in a business environment that's always changing, not everything changes. So there are certain fundamentals that are the same, like yeah. you know, the way people respond to things, the way people make decisions, those processes by which they make decisions, human psychology, human sociology. So my advice for dealing with change is to look for those constants, look for those general rules that'll guide you regardless of what changes come about. And then you'll be in a better place to be flexible on the stuff that you know will be changing as technologies change and as economies change. So prepare for change. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's really good and, and, and really interesting. And I think the other part about it is just the uncertainty that everything brings. And, and human beings are just not good with dealing un with uncertainty, are they? No. There's a phrase I love, which I've used many times. Because I have to say, and Lorraine, my wife, goes around the bend at me at this. I constantly am thinking of different scenarios. You know, if we've yeah. got a problem, I'm constantly thinking of, well, if this happens, we'll do that. If that happens, we'll do that. If that happens, we do that. There's a phrase I love, which I think describes it, which is, I've had many crises in my life, but few have actually happened. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the old joke about economists who have successfully predicted uh, nine out of the last three recessions. Yes. Yeah. You're yeah. Constantly prepared for the worst. And I do think that we tend to look at the, and, and I guess this ties into maybe loss aversion and stuff like that, but we tend to look at the negative, don't we? We we tend to look out for, and again, and this does tie back, I can remember you talking about some of this on the podcast this year. We tend to think about the things that are going to negatively affect us. And we tend to look for the negatives rather than look for the positives. And that's part of the danger. And when you tie that back into then change, the danger is, is you you don't change because 
you fear of losing something. Yeah, all good points. I, I, I'll mention because you you brought it up. Like, there's a a danger in focusing too much on negatives or too much on on risk or uncertainty, and it can paralyze us, and we can feel hopeless. But what you're describing, as far as like spinning out scenarios and then thinking about how you'll deal with them, that can be a problem on the on the edges if we do it too much. But and I'm I'm not a therapist, but my understanding of the psychology around some therapies that people get, what you're describing is actually, it sounds to me like what therapists teach people to do as part of cognitive behavioral therapy, which is if we do plan for these potentially negative outcomes, these these crises that may or may not happen, that can be empowering. That can help us feel more prepared and help us realize we've got a plan. There's a way we can tackle it. So even if it drives Lorraine around the bend, you can you can reassure her that you're probably happier and and um, coping better overall by taking that approach, by kind of preparing for change by knowing that it's going to come and, and trying to plan ahead. Next time Lorraine starts having a go at me, mate, about coming up with all these different scenarios, I'm going to say, Ryan says that I'm Put me right. on speaker. Um, <laughs> there's no way that'll backfire. There's no possible way that'll make things worse. Yeah, well, if I'm in England, at least there'll be 4,000 miles between the two of us. <laughs> In fact, um, I won't accept your call unless you're in another country, (laughs) for my own safety. This ties together, actually, because let me tell you my business thing. And we may actually end up doing a podcast on this. We've done one, uh, but we may actually end up doing another because I I think this is going to just be bigger. And the more I think about this, I think this is just going to be bigger. And this is about customer experience. So this is, I find this quite ironic, actually. So here am I going, hey, I've been doing this for 20 years. And, you know, we started off with nothing and now we've become quite successful at it and blah, blah, blah. So what I'm just about to say is quite ironic, which is, I think it's in in terms of a bell curve of change, customer experience is definitely declining, Okay. We did a a really good podcast on this nine months ago where we first, I started to first pontificate about customer science, which I think is this new variant, okay, of customer experience that's going to take over from the focus on customer experience. And I'm trying to be careful with my words Mm -hmm. because I'm not saying customer experience is dying. Although we we did a we did a, a show on that with Joe Pine and uh, Lou Carbone a, a few weeks ago. Again, we'll put the link in the show notes. But customer experience, in my view, is being absorbed and is being taken over by customer science. And for those of you that haven't heard me talk about this before, I'm not going to rattle on now. But customer science is the fusion between AI data, and behavioral science, yeah? Uh, And I think that's the next wave of change that's coming. And again, I'm not saying that customer experience is going to disappear. It's not. But like every other wave of change that happened before it, it will get absorbed into organizations and effectively become businesses as usual. And if I am totally honest with you, when, when I sat 20 years ago, thinking, 
have I made the right choice? I'm just about to launch on this thing called customer experience that I don't know if it's going to succeed or not. And and if it doesn't, then what am I going to do? Because my kids were going to uh, university at that point. It was probably financially one of the worst times I could do it. You sit there and you think, I don't know if I've made the right the, the right choice. What I'm seeing with customer science is the same those same signs. And I think in five years' time, we're going to look back and go, yeah, this is where it started to kick off. That's probably the biggest learning. And let me just throw one other thing in here. Part of the my evidence for that, and this is shocking to me, is that I, I don't know if you've ever looked at the American Customer Satisfaction Institute Index. And again, we'll put a link in the show notes for this. But what it shows is that customer satisfaction is at the worst point it has been for 15 years. Hmm. Okay. Now, think about that. Think about all these organizations that focus on improving the customer experience. Okay. Now, I'm sure a number of people will be going, oh, yeah, well, it's because of COVID. Yeah. And undoubtedly, COVID has had a big effect because organizations, in my view, have retrenched themselves. But again, some interesting stats. Between 2010 and 2019, only 30% of the companies that were tracked on the ASCII service increased their scores. So that's pre-COVID, only 30%. So 70% of companies between 2010 and 2019 didn't improve their scores, despite the focus on improving customer experience. Right. And that, for me, if I was a CEO and I was sitting in one of those organizations, I'd just be going, why are we doing this then? Why have I got all this team working on this then? What's the point? That is, for me, the key reason it's all starting to go down the other side of the, the bell curve. Does that make sense? Sorry to rattle on a bit. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, so you, you stated, said this already, but just to make the point clear, when you argue that customer experience might be fading away. It's not that customers underlying needs for a positive experience or their needs for kind of emotion positive emotions or emotional connections. Those aren't going away, but the way that companies approach creating those experiences or solving those problems is evolving again, right? It's, it's, people have always wanted positive experiences, but what are businesses going to do about that? And uh, at one point, it was under kind of an umbrella called customer experience. And if I understand you, you're arguing, I think that that approach is probably fading away. And we're going to need to solve that set of problems in a different way. Yeah, you see, I wouldn't even use the word fading away. I think what I'm saying is that as a focus of change. So if you turned around and said, well, let's look at CRM. Yeah. So customer relationship management 20 years ago everyone was talking customer relationship management. If you weren't doing customer relationship management, you weren't doing anything, yeah? But people don't talk about customer relationship management now, okay? Are they doing it? Yeah, they're doing it. And actually, it, and, and it shows I've been looking into all this stuff recently, in the last 10 years, uh, customer relationship management, the spend on the software to enable that, has gone from $13 billion 
to $69 billion. Mm. But people aren't talking about it as a wave of change. It's So it's not – the word I like is it's being absorbed. Got it. And that next focus, which is what I think has been happening with customer experience for the last 20 years, it's been a focus of change, yeah? Just like TQM, business process reengineering, digital transformation – a buzzword, a phrase, a set of activities that everybody's talking about. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's almost like these things go from being kind of initiatives and novel to just being folded into, I hate this phrase, but like table stakes. It's like what you need to even function as a company. And now there there have to be new ways of improving. Is that, is that closer to it? Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's like, I, in fact, I drew a graph on this the other day and, and we will do another podcast on this. Um, you've got data, Colin, move, you've move got on. graphs. You really came better prepared for this than I did. Well, it's because I've been working on it and because I'm finding it interesting. And 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 the other thing, again, that I'm finding is, um, is people are interested. So they're going, oh, right. Okay. So, you know, what, what what's happening next, as it, as it were? So go back to the stats. 30% of companies that in ASCII have increased their scores. Well, how are they increased their scores? Uh, they've done that by focusing on improving value, okay, you know, and getting ROI. If you look at what's happening with COVID and the digital transformation, well, guess what? AI, data, and behavioral science are absolutely a must for the next 10 years in understanding how the customer behaves digitally. Okay, and again, if you look at things like what Google, Amazon, Facebook, et al. are, are doing, it's all that stuff, basically. So anyway, let, let's not rattle on about it. Otherwise, um, uh, we won't have to do a new another podcast because it will be this podcast that, we, that we're doing. Oh, well, I rattle on about it. Oh, I, th- I thought you were going to say we, we'll still be talking about this next year. Um, on yes. Because this will just go that long. It will. It will. But uh, I, what I want to do for the listener, which is why I'm spending my time on this stuff at the moment, is just sort of think it through and, and talk to some people about it and all that stuff. You are our customers. We're always interested in hearing what you have to say and how we are doing. So we would be really grateful if you could take just three minutes and complete the survey of how we're doing. The link is in the show notes. Thanks very much. Cheers. Personal. What's your personal learning for the year? My personal learning for the year uh, has to do with the importance of balance in our lives. Uh, I think that one of the things that COVID did to all of us is that it forced a lot of imbalances on us. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, some of those might have been positive. I think there were a lot of people who ended up spending a lot more time with family than they had before. Um, And that may have been a a positive change in some ways. But it was also kind of a, a rebalancing or a shifting. It changed a lot of things for us. And as things are starting to open back up, as we're starting to return to some form of normal, I have found... It's been really wonderful to have those abilities to seek more more balance. I mean, I was able to you know start exercising more regularly recently. Yep. Let's be honest; I, I used COVID as an excuse. I, I probably could have still <laughs> exercised, but but now I'm no longer using that as an excuse. 
excuse in the sure in that I'm I'm not athletic in any possible way. I would like to support that statement. Yes. No, I I <laughs> I'm just not. Um but being able to, you know, rebalance my life around having, you know, being able to go to the gym several times a week, like that's been nice and helpful. And so just sure. as we we transition into a new normal, as I have tried to it, it has given me occasion to think about how I want my life to be balanced and, yes. um, you know, what activities was I not able to engage with? And then do I want to go back to those or is there a better sure. way to achieve balance? Sure. That, that's my learning. That's good. That's good. Well done. Good stuff. Yeah. I, and when you think about it, and this is the interesting thing I think about what we talk about is if you took it back to your first comment about dealing with change, hmm. Yeah, it's there. It's talking about the same thing. If you think about my comment about customer science and the change gets absorbed and then we just start doing it, I would suggest that's the same with the exercises, isn't it? it in the sense of it starts off as a change and it's something that you're doing and you're forcing yourself to do, but then over a period of time, it just becomes what you're doing. And it's not a standout thing anymore because it's just part of your life. And to your point, like at that point, you usually start looking for other ways to change or improve Correct. and kind of build on Correct. Yeah, no, that's a great insight. I like that. Yeah. So my personal one is I'm going to start off by just giving you a few. This podcast is going to be full of stats that I've produced. So how about this? <laughs> <laughs> Colin's found a newfound love for maths right here at the uh, end of the year. Yeah. No, no, I haven't. Um, it's just, uh, just turning out that way. So the great thing about a podcast is that you don't have to look at me. <laughs> <laughs> our, our listeners have said that on many occasions, yes. Yeah. So since 2016, I have now lost 100 pounds in weight. Okay. That's really remarkable, Colin. Congratulations. Like, that's a big deal. It is. It is. It, it, and in, in the last two months... I've lost 55 pounds in weight, okay? Why do I tell you that? Uh, and I have to say, I Are did you kidding? Debate. If I did that, I would be telling everybody. What do you mean, <laughs> why would you tell me? <laughs> well, I, I didn't want to get too personal with everybody, but but I ended up thinking, no, I want to share this because I think this is important learning for, for people, basically. So the interesting bit and the learning is, first of all, that sort of, What's the catalyst for change? Hmm. Yeah. And basically, being overweight is something I've personally struggled with all my life. All right. So I've literally been overweight all my life, I think. But when you start to, when you start to go, well, here's a catalyst for change, right? You'll know, Ryan, that my wife's been suffering from a bad back and she's going to have some major surgery on her back. And therefore, we both decided to lose weight to make that surgery better for her. Mm -hmm. So that effectively was the catalyst. But the interesting bit for me has been the I've been on diets all my bloody life, basically. Sure. But this time, I when we went to see a consultant about my wife's back, he said, go on to this diet, which is a quite sort of very low calorie diet. It's a thing called lighter life, which is uh, in the UK. I'm not getting promoted to to plug it or anything else, but it, it, it is good. 
Okay, called Lighter Life. We'll actually put the, the link in the show notes in case anybody else suffers from the same issue. People are going to want to know. <laughs> yeah. And basically, one of the things that they do, which I found really interesting uh, and helpful, is they talk to you about why do you eat so much? And what it comes down to for me is emotional eating. So you eat when you're happy, you eat when you're sad, you eat when you're stressed. So you eat, I eat, and I think a number of other people would be the same during those times. But the other thing, and this ties into what we're talking about, uh, we talk about in the show again, is just habits. I've spent my life building these habits around food, you know, and what I do and what I don't do. And you just realize that these habits that you have are so ingrained that you need a big jolt to get you out of that habit and then you need to re-look at that habit. And the interesting bit for me is as I've thought to myself, as I've passed the fridge and gone, I think I may pick up because I'm a big grazer, I think I may open the fridge and grab something out the fridge. You just, I, what it's taught me to do is examine why I'm feeling that way and just go, yeah, it's because I'm feeling a bit, upset today or frustrated or stressed or and that's the reason I was going to do that so don't do it but the big learning for me is it is again just sort of from a business perspective reinforcing how much emotions play on you yeah uh, and how much habits are formed and how actually if you disrupt them you can set new habits it's then a question of sticking to them I think that's great my wife likes TV shows that are about, I think how to phrase this tactfully, but kind of about broken people. So there's a, several of these documentary series about people who weigh six or 700 pounds or who are, are hoarders or, um, and they, they make yep. for some interesting viewing, but all in all of these shows, the resolution comes, you know, they'll try various medical interventions or they'll, for hoarders, they'll like, you know, bring people in to like clean out their houses. But the, the only time change ever happens is there's always a point in these shows where they bring in a therapist. Sure. Because so much of our behavior is, as you're saying, emotionally driven. And we're trying to compensate for some emotional state that we're in or some trauma that we've suffered. And so, yeah, I mean, the, the people, you know, use, it's a way of kind of feeling power or exerting power or kind of, um, you know, coping with, with strong emotions in that way. Um, so yeah, you're, you're by no means alone in that. I think it's actually the most common human experience, um, whether we channel it through, you know, food or, or, or drugs or some other kind of destructive means. Some people do it through excessive exercise, sure. but we're all doing it. <laughs> and so taking some time to examine that and kind of figuring out why and where and, and what we're doing, I think that's great. It's interesting on this, the other thing on this diet that I'm on is, so you they basically, you, you get loads of packet foods. So like packets of bolognese or packets of, you know, like the noodles and stuff like that, yeah? is any, Are any of the packets labeled as Soylent Green? Because you, you want to watch out for that. <laughs> yeah, I remember that film. That was a great okay, film. Good. Yeah. Because I didn't want to explain that reference. <laughs> 
it's a bit like eating space food. You can imagine yeah, the astronauts yeah, sure. up there, you know, where, where they, you know, they're going, oh, I'm having a steak and, and fries, you know, right. and it's all, they've, all they've done is add water to it, you know. Uh, and it's the same type of difference. But the point I'm trying to get to is, it's surprising how little you need to sustain life. Yeah, yeah. So, Ryan, the, the other bit of learning that I wanted to, to mention was the pickle. We had this idea, didn't we, about doing um, the uh, I'm in a pickle. I credit where credit is due, Colin. That, that was your idea, including the name, um, which I was on board with immediately because I love pickles and it sounded silly. But uh, it's, well, I, it's been great. I, 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 and I love pickles. And guess what? There's not many calories in a pickle. <laughs> 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 Even more reasons to love pickles. But so we started this this year and the learning is, wow, it's really going well. Yeah, uh, pe- yeah people, people responded are, and we really appreciate that. Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, if, if you haven't heard, I'm in a pickle is uh, basically you sending Ryan and I your problems. We are more expert in business problems than personal problems. <laughs> but no, if you want to, if you've got an, a, a business issue, then send it to us. Okay. All you need to do is to go to our website, beyondphilosophy.com backslash pickle, beyondphilosophy.com backslash pickle. Uh, just fill out the form there. We don't even ask for your email. Send us over what your business problem is. And we've done a number of these already this year. But I have to say, we've got a number of pickles lined up for for the new year as as well. And uh, I I think that's going to be, A, I think it helps the individual. uh, But B, I think some of the problems that that we are getting are are common problems across the piece. And I think it's going to be good for next year for everybody for a number of reasons. So without further ado, I wish you a happy new year. Ryan, I'm sure you do. I I do indeed. <laughs> Boy, you really put me on the spot there, Colin. No, I don't. I'm sorry. I, uh, I give away my <laughs> New Year's greetings very sparingly. You know, I guess I hope you guys don't die, but that's it. That's all you're getting from me. <laughs> no, obviously, uh, thank you for, for listening. We we love doing this. We love that there's an audience for it. Um, and we love when you kind of reach back out. And that's part of why we enjoy this. I'm in a pickle feature is that it is more interactive. And um, and we, we appreciate you. So, yes. Happy New Year to everyone. Good luck on on improving your lives this year. Yeah. And we look forward to talking to you in 2022. Wow. That sounds like I'm definitely getting old, doesn't it? 2022. <laughs> All right. Happy New Year. Cheers. This has been The Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcasts. We look forward to talking with you next time on The Intuitive Customer. Intuitive Customer.